me try that again. Good morning and welcome. <laughs> My name is uh, David Greenhaw. I'm an ordained minister of the United Church of Christ. And since Monday of this week, I have become the interim senior minister of this congregation. Thank you. I'm already blushing. I'm happy to, to be here. And this is my colleague. I'm Reverend Angela Wellsbean. It's my privilege to serve as your Minister for Congregational Care and to share the chance with my new colleague. And uh, so, David, it's been a week. How was your first week on staff with us? Well, uh, there were a few surprises and uh, a little more press than I'm used to. Um, but I have to say, it was uh, really an extraordinary week for one really important reason, and that is many of you reached out to the church with your concerns, with your hopes, with your worries, with your prayers, and it provided an opportunity for me in an accelerated way to get to know people that I hadn't gotten to know yet, and, and open up some conversations that I hope will continue. That is, uh, if you didn't get a chance to talk this week and want to over the next several weeks, I want to. I think it'll be good for us to listen to each other and to imagine the future of this church and its participation in the community together. And I know that uh, my colleague Angela, who does uh, congregational care, loves to have these conversations as well. This is, uh, this is the way first weeks are supposed to go. You know, no glitches, smooth, easy. You know, sit back and drink a lot of tea. That's my idea. <laughs> okay, how's this? Good, good, good. Okay. So, yes, when I first started here, I said that my hope was that I would be able to get to know all of you either over... I, I'm a coffee drinker. David's a tea drinker. So I'd love to get to know you over coffee. David would prefer a cup of tea or a lunch or a meal or in your home or in my office, wherever you're most comfortable. And I would say that this is my first summer season among you. And I am really looking forward to having the opportunity to get to know you year-round folks and a more intimate way as my schedule is really slowing down. So I know folks have said, I want to get to know you, I want to get together with you, but you're probably really busy, you're probably really busy. And I'll say, this is the time of year when I would invite you, I would always invite you to reach out, but I would especially now, especially in light of the recent events, if you've been holding off, um, please send me that email, call the office, and I'd love to get our calendars together so that we can have those conversations that, that David's talking about. And we'll look forward to doing that together. Well, it's great to be here and great to see you here this morning. I have one little moment. It turns out that I have three friends who are professors of preaching. And, uh, you know, they decided that they were having a meeting and they'd show up today. And they brought those little Olympic cards, you know, they were going to hold up how the sermon goes. Uh, and they're back here. And I would just like to welcome uh, uh, Ron Allen, Wes Allen, and Lucy Hogan. Welcome. A little bit of logistical business that we want to make sure we take care of here at the start of the service. Um, a, I'd like to invite you to register your attendance with us if you are here in the sanctuary. So please grab the 
the blue pads that are in your pews, sign it and pass it down the row so we know who is in worship with us this morning. If you're worshiping with us online, I'd like to extend an extravagant welcome to you. We are so glad you have joined us for worship, especially our folks at Bentley Village, the continuing care community. We're glad that you are with us as well. Let's go. What about Harry Chapin? Oh, you're right. Uh, I was supposed to make an announcement about Harry Chapin, and I'm going to read it to you because it's right here and I forgot it. Um, I got it. Here we go. Uh, Our monthly Harry Chapin food packing event is coming up on Wednesday, June 1st. Uh, Please sign up next Sunday, May 29th, if you're planning on attending. You can sign up by contacting the church office or stop by the gathering uh, place after worship. Our food packing events are continuing through the summer months, and it's a great way year-round to connect with each other while offering much-needed support to the Harry Ministry Program. Harry Chapin Chapin Program. I almost had Harry Potter on the... (laughs) I'd like to go to that. Yeah, well, we'll see. (laughs) And now as a mission-driven congregation, let us prepare our hearts for worship. God has set this day before us. A day set apart, a day of rest and peace. God has set our lives before us, a span of years in which we love and learn and serve. God has set God's seal upon our hearts so that we might fully love deeply. Let us worship God together. Would all those who are comfortably able please stand for the singing of the hymn. I now invite you to join me in our invocation, which you will find printed in your bulletins. So let us pray together. Ever-present God, you are with us when all is going right. You are with us when we don't think we can take one more step. You are with us every moment in between. Be with us once again in this hour that we might have the will and the capacity to follow where you lead. Amen. Would you pray with me now? Holy God, we come to you in prayer. We come knowing there is no easy fit between our ways and your ways. Today, we pray for all of those who are stuck. For family, friends, and neighbors who are at the edge of losing hope because they cannot seem to get better or get over it or get going. They are just stuck. We pray for those who want change but cannot imagine it. We pray for those who are stuck. Come, Lord, come be beside them, we pray. Come along with them, we pray. And to the extent it is us who can't get unstuck, then open us to the extraordinary possibility of change, of 
healing of getting unstuck with you with you we pray is the power to transform to heal to bring hope with you we pray is the transformative power of love We pray this day in the name of Jesus who exercises the power of change in our lives, who demonstrates time and time again unsticking the stuck. We pray in the name of Jesus who taught us when we pray to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 5. And if you'd like to follow along, you're invited to, as the text is printed in your bulletins. So let us listen together. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Hebrew Beth Zatha, which has five porticos. In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, Jesus said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat and walk. At once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. Now that day was the Sabbath. May God bless our modern hearing of this sacred story. My friend Jack was a swimmer in college, swam on the college swim team. He went to seminary, and one Labor Day, before the beginning of school, back when school started after Labor Day, One Labor Day weekend, he and some friends went to the beach. And they sat on the beach and swam earlier, and then they sat and talked about school and theology and whatever young people talk about at that particular time. And they talked for a long, long time, and it was time to leave, but he thought one more time he'd take a dip in the ocean before he left. So he ran out, the swimmer that he was, and he dove into the water. Sadly, the tide had shifted, 
And when he dove, he hit a sandbar and snapped his neck. And from that day on, he was paralyzed from the neck down. Jack, when I met him, had been paralyzed for a really long time. He had learned to accommodate a lot of things. He had a a big converted bread truck that he was able to drive by simply getting the small little motion that he could have in his wrist. He had ways to eat that were amazing to me and tools to do it. He had a lot of ways to accommodate. And I never asked him if he wanted to be well if he could be. But it's almost a foolish question, isn't it? Surely he would wish, he would will, he would hope that he could walk again, raise his hand again, clap his hands again. Jack reminds me some of this fellow in the scripture reading because the guy in the scripture reading, you know, it says, Jesus notices, but the text tells us ahead though, but Jesus notices that he's had this problem for a very long time. He'd come to a place to be healed. He'd come for a very long time. In fact, it said 38 years. I recently got a note from a friend who said, uh, you know, at our age, they're not, we're not going to make many 30-year-old friends, uh, friends of 30 years anymore. That kind of shook me up. But it is a long time, that 30-plus years. 38 years of being ill. And Jesus says to him, Do you want to get well? The question I never asked my friend Jack, but as I thought about it now, of course, and he's been there, this man, time and time again, wanting to be well. And this man is a little bit like my friend Jack. The story doesn't say he was sick from birth. It says for 38 years, presumably he's more than 38 years old, presumably had a time when he was well, like Jack, a good swimmer, a a healthy person, in good shape. But no, for 38 years... He was stuck in being unwell. Stuck for a very long time. One day I was cutting my lawn. So I, uh, I had two sons uh, at, who were three and five at the time. And I uh, was outside with my lawnmower going back and forth and not next door, but the door next door, my neighbor was cutting his lawn as well. An older fellow, he too had two sons, his were teenagers. I saw him stop his lawnmower and walk over across the intervening yard to me and I reached down and turned off my mower and he said, David, you have uh, two boys up there. What are they, about three and five? They're both willing to cut the lawn, but not able. And over there, I have two teenage sons, 15 and 17, and they're both able, but not willing. He said, there's a period for about one week when they're both willing and able. Take my advice, cut the lawn every day during that time. (laughs) I didn't quite know how wise that was at the time, but it proved uh, quite prudent. 
And it is, I think, a paradigm to look at this story in the Bible. Here is a man who is unable to get healed and wills it, but doesn't have the capacity. He has the will, but not the ability. And Jesus turns to him and gives him the ability by calling him forth, recognizing him in the crowd, and healing him, saying, Pick up your mallet, your mat, your mallet. Pick up your mat and walk. Pick up your mat and walk. And at once, he stood up, healed. This is something of the way it is with us, I think. We have a will to do certain things, but we don't have the capacity. Or we have the capacity to do something, but we don't quite have the will. Or we can't quite form the will. There are things that we all could do together if we would just come together. But we can't form the corporate will to do it. Or we have the will to do something, but we're frustrated with our inability to do it. On the day that Jesus healed this particular man, one presumes Jesus had the capacity to heal everybody at the pool, but it was only this one man he healed. Healing only happens when will and capacity together. Change only happens when the, those things come together. And they don't come together all that often. They come together rarely. And when they do come together, do you know what we call it? A miracle. It's a miracle when we are brought together with a will to do something and God gives us the capacity to do it. When the capacity God has given us are formed with a will to get it done, it's a miracle. And like you, I wish it happened a lot more often. But it doesn't. For us, it is time to time, every so often. But like my neighbor, what we should do when it happens is we should give thanks to God that change happens, that healing occurs, that people are improved, that the world is a better place, that peace comes in the middle of warfare, that good things happen and we are transformed. When stuck people get unstuck, it is not simply a matter of willpower. If that were so, my friend Jack would have been healed long ago or this man by the pool, or any number of friends of yours who have deep, deep problems. Things don't just happen like that, but remarkably with God, from time to time, they happen. And when they do, it's, it's just right when they do. When these good things happen, when will and capacity comes together and a miracle happens and change happens and healing happens and peace comes, let us give thanks at moments like that. Let us pray that they be more. Let us will that they be more. Let us use what capacities we have. Let us give thanks to the God who makes it happen.
Amen. Sisters and brothers, go forth in power and peace this day. Go forth in the sure and certain knowledge that from time to time a miracle happens. Our will and God's capacity come together and we are changed. Go forth in power and peace and hope. Amen.